48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Police defend the shooting of a driver who fled a licence check. Experts cast more doubt on the purchase of the AstraZeneca vaccine. And Hong Kongers in Britain rushed to snap up the first flights home in months. Police shot and wounded a driver on a busy Shelton Street this morning following a lengthy car chase that left several injured and half a dozen cars damaged. The force says the traffic officer was fully justified in firing the lone shot because the suspect posed a severe danger to the public after he allegedly ignored repeated requests to stop and tried to escape by crashing into other vehicles. Violet Wong has a story. Dramatic dash cam footage being circulated online showed a view from a taxi at the end of the prolonged car chase at Nansheng Street in Sha Tin. A silver seven-seater stuck behind a wall of vehicles as two officers gave chase on foot. But the car bashed into a bus, then backed up repeatedly into the taxi taking the footage, sending debris flying. One officer waved his pistol at the passenger side window before breaking it with his baton. Police would later say one shot was fired that struck the driver in the back right shoulder before he was arrested. Chief Inspector Ng Tak Nam told reporters the force's initial assessment was that it was legal, reasonable and appropriate for the officer to have opened fire under the circumstances. The driver drove in a furious and crazy manner. It already caused damage and injury to uh, at least six to seven the whole time, the man's girlfriend and two-year-old daughter were in the car with him. Both were unhurt, though the girl was taken to hospital as a precaution after the scare. Medical experts in Hong Kong are divided on whether the government should go ahead with its order for 7.5 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine, following the latest findings linking the jab to rare blood clots. Francis Sitt reports. The European Medicines Agency has announced that unusual black clots should be listed as a very rare possible side effect of the AstraZeneca jab, but its benefits still outweigh the risks. The regulator has not been able to identify pre-existing risk factors in clotting cases, although most victims were women under the age of 60. Speaking on an RTHK radio show, William Cho from the Society of Hospital Pharmacists explained that this might be linked to the widespread use of oral contraceptives among young women in Europe, as birth control pills can also cause blood clots. Though AstraZeneca has yet to apply for emergency use in Hong Kong, Mr. Cho said the government should only purchase at most half of the original order of 7.5 million doses. While officials might be contractually obliged to buy a certain amount, he said it would be wasteful to go ahead with the original order, as Hong Kong people might be reluctant to get this jab. The expert urged the government to consider alternatives, like the Johnson & Johnson jab, to diversify risk and increase public confidence in vaccines. David Ho from Chinese University also told RTHK that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a good choice. Cathay Pacific's has seats on its first passenger flights from London since December have been snapped up within hours. The airline posted on its website at half past six that the two flights on April the 21st and 28th were sold out. The government has said it will monitor the situation to see whether more flights are needed. All passengers will need to show negative COVID tests and book a 21-day quarantine stay at a designated hotel in Qingyi. Hundreds of Hong Kongers were left stranded by the ban on arrivals from the UK, which was introduced due to worries about COVID variants. 
The Centre for Health Protection has reported 10 new coronavirus infections, two of which are local. One is untraceable, the other linked to a previous case. The case with no clear source involves a 70-year-old woman who lives in the same public housing block in Tunmun as one of yesterday's cases. A, a district councillor, Lan Mingyan, says residents are worried after three unlinked cases emerged in two days. They are quite worried because there are two cases in the same building. There are residents doing compulsory testing today and they are very worried because they don't know where the source is from the COVID. Some of them will eat at home and they try not to go to work today and tomorrow because their employer tell them to finish the compulsory testing before they go to work. Are you doing anything to help them or is there anything the government should do to help them? Uh, we have some booth uh, yesterday distributing a mask and uh, hand sanitizer to them and tell them to do the compulsory testing. Uh, most of them don't know if they can do the compulsory te- testing in other methods. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Beijing has accused Britain of sheltering wanted criminals after the former Hong Kong lawmaker Nathan Law was granted asylum in the country. A foreign ministry spokesman, Zhao Lijian, said the move amounted to meddling in China's internal affairs. The UK side is providing a public platform for Hong Kong separatists and so-called refuge for wanted criminals. This is a gross interference in Hong Kong's judicial system. It runs contrary to the basic principles of international law and international relations, as well as the principles of the rule of law that the UK so proudly boasts about. Mr Law said he hoped his example would help other people fleeing the SAR. A university student accused of possessing a pepperball gun has now become one of Hong Kong's latest national security suspects. Damon Pang reports. Loi Sai Yu was arrested at his family home last September and accused of possessing the pepperball gun without a license, as well as two illegal knives and a baton. Now prosecutors have told West Kowloon Court that the Polytechnic University student is further charged with inciting secession, with the alleged offence said to have taken place between June and September last year. National Security Magistrate Victor So adjourned the case until May the 4th for the prosecution to prepare papers to transfer the case to the district court. The student remains in custody, where he has been since last September. At an earlier hearing, the prosecution was told by the court to amend the charge sheet, which read one number pepper ball, two numbers pepper ball. The magistrate said even primary school children know how to make words plural in English. A report by Amnesty International says human rights and freedoms have been greatly stifled in Hong Kong since the enactment of the national security law, with authorities increasingly using safeguarding national security to try to legitimise what the group describes as politically motivated repression. Francis Sitt reports. In a review of Hong Kong's human rights situation, Amnesty said the security law has given the authorities expansive powers to constrain human rights, with only nominal oversight by the administrative, legislative and judicial system. The rights group said the vaguely defined legislation has allowed arbitrary enforcement, with activists and students increasingly targeted by national security police and authorities, even when no national security charges are laid. It cites the arrest of People Power's Tam Tak Chi as an example, noting that a national security law judge has been assigned for his sedition case, even though he's not charged under the security law.
Amnesty also details the deterioration in freedom of expression, peaceful assembly, and other human rights, seeing anti-epidemic measures have been used to restrict freedom of assembly. Political censorship and institutional pressure on press and academic freedom have been unprecedented, it adds, citing the tightening control on public service broadcasting and censorship of education materials in schools. In response, the Security Bureau said the report is inconsistent with the facts and it opposes the alarmist content. It said authorities have acted according to the law and the enforcement has nothing to do with people's political backgrounds or stances. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the government will table a host of bills to LegCo next Wednesday in relation to Beijing's electoral overhaul for the SAR. Damon Pang reports. Carrie Lam told lawmakers that the legal amendments are related to laws on the chief executive and legislative council polls and are needed in light of changes made to annexes of the basic law last month by the NPC Standing Committee. The legal changes will cover how the constituency boundaries are set for LegCo directly elected seats, establishing a vetting committee to decide who is eligible to run in elections, as well as nomination and voting methods. The CE said the government will also take measures to tackle election manipulation and sabotage. She again stressed that the timetable is tight and said officials will get on with preparing three elections within a year once the bills are passed by lawmakers. Separately, Constitutional Affairs Minister Eric Tang told lawmakers that the government will consider whether there is a need to extend the planned LegCo and CE candidate vetting mechanism to district councils. But he noted during a LegCo meeting that Beijing's changes to the basic law annexes do not cover the councils. Mrs Lam also says she will not reverse plans to build funeral facilities in North District, although they will be located at a key site designated for Hong Kong's Greater Bay Area Development. Maggie Ho with that report. DAB lawmaker Gary Chan had brought up the matter at the CE's Q&A session in Leshko. He says the government shouldn't be putting up obnoxious facilities like a planned 200,000-niche crematorium in Fanling, close to the border area with Shenzhen. Other facilities like an organic waste treatment plant, an incinerator and landfills by the border, he says, also go against the Greater Bay Area development strategy. In response, Carrie Lam made clear that she will go ahead with the planned funeral facilities, calling them a very much needed service. She also explained that the locations of the facilities the lawmaker mentioned are linked to Hong Kong's development history. She spoke through an interpreter. The north of the new territories used to be a, a remote location, hence the position of these undesirable or obnoxious facilities. The facilities you cited have been in the planning for over 10 years. Uh, 10 years ago, we did not imagine such an overhaul that uh, there would be greater Bay Area development. And this is really a matter of legacy, uh, same as the issue with landfills. The CE says while the government will go ahead and apply for funding, officials will consider ways to prevent the negative visual impacts the facilities might have on the area. A survey by Citibank shows that the number of Hong Kongers describing themselves as multimillionaires rose by a quarter last year, passing the half a million mark despite the recession and the pandemic. The bank said one in 12 of the SAR's adult population had achieved multimillionaire status. Josephine Lee, Citibank's Hong Kong Head of Retail Banking, explained the findings. Although COVID is here, most government release liquidity and action to help the economy and the financial market. As such, 
the multimillionaire, they actually gain some profits from the equity, the uh, ethics market, or the fixed income market. And uh, we can see a well-diversified portfolio is better to weather through the ups and downs. City defines a multimillionaire as someone with assets of $10 million and liquid assets of a million. Prosecutors in Taiwan are seeking a court's permission to detain a second suspect in the train collision in Hualien County last Friday that killed 50 people and injured more than 200 others in what is Taiwan's deadliest rail accident in seven decades. The BBC's Cindy Sue reports. The collision occurred when a slope maintenance vehicle rode onto the tracks just as the train carrying nearly 500 people was approaching. Prosecutors had already detained the driver of the vehicle. Now they are seeking a court's permission to take into custody a second man who worked for the driver and who was alleged to have been with him at the scene. Investigators suspect the truck slid partway down the slope and either the driver or the other man tried to use an excavator and a strap to haul it back up. They believe the strap broke and the truck slid down onto the tracks a minute before the train hit it. Overseas, the Northern Ireland Assembly has unanimously called for an immediate end to rioting in the province. Police have described the violence of recent days as the worst for years. There's growing concern that it is spreading from loyalist areas which want to retain links with Britain. Politicians are divided as to its causes. The First Minister, Arlene Foster, blames criminal elements. But there is also a backlash over the effects of the Brexit deal on Northern Ireland. A senior police officer in Belfast, Jonathan Roberts, says an investigation is underway. There are certainly children who took part in it and there were other adults. And whether or not paramilitary groups were involved uh, remains um, an active line of investigation. The behaviour from both sides of the community in that area, um, from the people that were participating in the disorder, um, needs to stop. There is nothing that will be achieved by it other than the potential that people will be seriously injured or killed. Sporting in golf, the first round of the US Masters is underway. Defending champion Dustin Johnson says he understands how difficult it will be to win the year's first major at Augusta. The American earned his first green jacket in November, but no one else has won back-to-back Masters titles since Tiger Woods 20 years ago. It's a tough tournament to win. You're going to have to put four good rounds together. you got to do everything well, and with it firm and fast. You know, it's just a really hard golf course because obviously any hole at any time can you know, can jump out and get you. It's just very tough to win. I mean, to win once and especially multiple times. Hong Kong sailor Stephanie Norton has secured her place in the Tokyo Olympics with a third place finish in the laser radial class at the Masana Open in No Man. She becomes the first female single-handed dinghy sailor to represent the SAR at the Games. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Please defend the shooting of a driver who fled a license check. Experts cast more doubt on the purchase of the AstraZeneca vaccine. And Hong Kongers in Britain rushed to snap up the first flights home in months. The news from RTHK. All of us hope to live in a stable environment. National security is essential for the prosperity of society. Upholding national security for harmonious and better living requires the concerted efforts of all who love the country and Hong Kong. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. April the 15th, National Security Education Day. Uphold national security. Safeguard our home. To know more, please visit www.nsed.gov.hk.
Getting us started for the second hour of the late show for this Thursday, the 8th of April 2021. That was the original from Leslie Gore. It's my party. I'm Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray, the world's most durable DJ, safe and sound. He's sheltering in place, having a little bit of time off. He'll be back as soon as it's safe to return. In the meantime, playing the music of the 50s through 80s from now until 11.30. Then we're going to slow things down with a sort of ballad and easy listening. Coming up tonight, we've got Johnny Nash, The Platters, Johnny Mathis, Highwaymen, Lobo, Four Tops, all sorts of goodies. If you want to add your favourite artist to that list, 2366 is the number. Strawberry Alarm Clock, Incense and Peppermint. And politics, nothing is new A yardstick for 